Hello and welcome to a Tuesday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Stanziel. Chris, no guests today, but big shout-outs to Chris Lane for joining us last time for our Season 6 debut. It's one of our favorite times of the year. This is when we kind of dive into the schedule, get a little sample, a little taste of all the teams on Villanova's schedule. Obviously, with COVID, COVID era, COVID times, fewer non-con teams this year. So we're going to try to squeeze in a couple of Big East teams. Normally, we do like one episode for non-conference play, one episode strictly Big East. But this year, with only way fewer, right? Don't we usually like preview 13 non-conference games? It's like half of that. Yeah, 13 plus uh, every potential possibility in whatever the Feast Week tournament was. But uh, this year, obviously, has been cut down significantly. Yes, I think we're doing six to seven teams. Yeah, so because of that, we'll, we'll squeeze in a little extra from the Big East side of it, just because, you know, it'd be weird to do six, one, one episode, and then next time we're here on Thursday, we got a full slate to do. So might as well balance it out a little bit. But mm-hmm. before we hop onto that, just want to address a few pressing things. Tomorrow is the NBA draft. Good luck to Mr. Sadiq Bey. Chris, how are those mock drafts looking? Well, Eugene, I saw a few that had – a city going to the great city of Sacramento. And if that happens, Sadiq Bay, I wish you the best. We will never hear from you ever again. Oh, I don't but know. We... I'll be all about that. That's one of my favorite 2K oh. teams right there. Well, no, 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 my... no. I love that team. <laughs> I I would love it because you would get a chance to thrive in a and be the star there. But the problem is it's Sacramento. When was the last time you heard of the Kings, Eugene? Come on. Uh, Chris Weber? Yeah, when, uh, they were, when they were yeah. getting hosed by the refs and Tim Donahue, clearly. Yeah. But I, I think that'd be a great situation for Sadiq. Hopefully, you know, maybe a, a really good team trades up for him and maybe we'll get a, a fun Bay six-man role type ordeal. But I don't know. We'll see. Watch the Sixers pick him. Look, all I'm hoping for is a nice combination of early in the draft so he maximizes his capital, but to a solid team and not like a disaster. You know, for example, yeah. like we mentioned last time, as much as I would love for him to be in New York. <laughs> the Knicks. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can let Sadiq Bey go through that. I, I might just have to, like, you know, take a bullet for him there and be like, look, Sadiq, you got to call your agent, demand a trade right away, do anything. But, you know, at the same time, earlier, more money. Just hopefully it's, you know, the right combination of good team and economics. Hopefully hopefully we can fulfill that. But that's the thing with mock drafts. They're all over the place. Yeah. He's he's been he's up and down every mock draft, but hopefully he does maximize his value and go top ten. That'd be really cool to see. Yeah, remember one- remember when we were talking about him first coming in, Brendan Riley's like, Hey, you know, he's he's pretty good. Don't forget about him. We're like, Yeah, but we got this guy, this guy, this guy. <laughs> and Javon then Quinterly. and now yeah, Javon have, yeah. And uh, now he might be a top ten pick. So that's a pretty cool rise to start him. Just yeah. don't go to Sacramento or New York, please. The one good thing, though, for Sadiq Bey is that all, you know, it definitely seems to be he's going to be like a middle of the first round kind of guy, which is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Wish him the best of luck. Good luck to Mr. Sadiq Bey. We'll be definitely watching. Keep an eye out for that tomorrow night. NBA draft in November. Weird. Yes. Very weird, but that but, these are the times. Yeah. And then – I don't know if you saw, Chris, but Dave Portnoy, the Barstool Presidente, was at Campus Corner on Saturday night. Lives in Pennsylvania now. He's a Philly guy now. I feel like, you know, love him or hate him, he has those really awesome one-bite pizza reviews on YouTube. 
Everybody knows the rules. I'm guessing he was there to sample campus corner pizza. But, Chris, if you're walking Portnoy into Campco, you're taking him through the menu, what would you recommend? What's your go-to? Well, we're going fat cat, like, first and <laughs> foremost. Eugene, you, you've seen me eat way too many Campco meals in my lifetime, and uh, that was my go-to. And I, I put on a lot of weight because of it, but, man, it, it was good. <laughs> it was good. The fat cat went with some hot sauce. Fantastic. Yeah, for the uninitiated, or if they didn't have this during your time, it is a sandwich. Uh, just correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to remember. It's chicken fingers, French fries, yep. Yep. mozzarella sticks. Yep. Bacon? Yeah, bacon. Bacon. Yep. And then a sauce of your choice. Yes. <laughs> so yep. the possibilities are endless. It's basically like all you know, all of those like comfort foods like combined into one. And it was it was delicious. It was delicious. It is. It would be cool to see him do like a fat sandwich review type thing, but then, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that would really fly. But the pizza works. The pizza works, right? The pizza uh, does work. I will say, you know, I know he loves to do a plain cheese only. I don't know. You got to throw something on there, but that's just me. You always got to put a topping on there. I agree. I agree. What was your go-to, Eugene? I, I don't really remember. Oh, it's hard. I mean, everything on that menu is great. I think, you know, man, I miss that place. Uh, I would tell him to, to get like a buffalo chicken cheesesteak with peppers, mushrooms, onions. I know he was he was dabbling Zilli into the cheesesteak reviews too. Oh, yeah, Zilli yeah. Fries is like the go-to yeah, he needs yeah, that. snack. Yeah. But yeah, he was doing some cheesesteak reviews as well because he's obviously in Philly now doing a bunch of stuff, especially with the, the sports book thing. So maybe he did a double review, pizza and cheesesteak. That would be pretty cool to see. Kind of like what Harry Styles did, right? Didn't Harry Styles going to do that? Yeah, when Harry Styles was there, you know, they have his uh, receipt. It's still posted on the wall. It's on the wall of fame there, right next to Jay Wright. All the Phillies legends, like Philly sports legends that have been in there. And then you have Harry Styles' receipt. I don't know yeah, if Rez left. pretty cool. Probably left something. Yeah, I hope so. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, Harry Styles being there was like the most random thing of like our senior year. That was senior year, right? I think so. It was one week before senior year kicked off. So that was yeah. right there, right at the end of the summer. Yeah. Harry Styles kind of grew on me ever since he left 1D or One Direction, whatever it was. I can't say I know much about his music, but if it's growing on you, I guess, you know, we should check it out. I wasn't wasn't speaking music-wise. I was saying he he was in Dunkirk, which was a great movie. I thought he did a good job in that. And he's a Packer fan. Oh, okay. So so now now we're we're on good terms with with Harry Styles. Everything else is just perfect. We can go to Villanova for Campco, being a proponent of Campco. Yeah, I just think Campus Corner is a beautiful place, and everyone needs to know about it. So I love it when a non-Villanovan walks into Campus Corner, sees the beautiful menu of abundance and all the possibilities, and has a fun time. I was also really glad to see that Campco is still thriving. You know, COVID's scary. I definitely thought about that place a lot over the summer. Well, I think about it every year and how much I miss it. But it's great to see it open, and it's great to see Prez give Nova some love, Campus Corner some love. Shout-outs to John Campco. That guy, I think he had like a – direct deposit like into my bank account like he uh, definitely at least how how much do you think you spent at campus corner over your four years chris Uh, i think we might be it might be up there it's it's definitely eclipsed four digits (laughs) it 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 might be closer to five too but it's okay we'll keep an eye out for that one bite review let's see what prez rated the pizza zero to ten decimal points included otherwise it's a rookie score campus Mm -hmm. corner pizza can't wait to see come out now on a more serious note the NCAA is moving the tournament to a bubble. 
All postseason games for the men's tournament will be played in Indianapolis. Now, Chris Lane predicted, reported first on the show on Thursday. Fan attendance still to be determined. But, Chris, your thoughts on that? This seems like the most logical thing the NCAA has done. Like, this is, you know, writing was on the wall. If they didn't do this, I would be shocked. Yeah, it seems a little bit too good to be true that they kind of acted on this as quick as possible. And maybe they heard Chris Lane. They're like, oh, yes, great idea. We should, de- we should definitely get on that. But whatever they do, no matter what they do, Eugene, please, for the love of God, do not stick Villanova at Hinkle Fieldhouse, or as we like to call it, the Hinkle Hell House. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, if that's that's the case, you know, the I don't know. I don't know anymore. Even though we're not playing Butler, that place is just, you know, Villanova magic doesn't really jive well with Hinkle Hell House. No, 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 no. No. On whatsoever, but I, I I I like the location for it. Indianapolis seems is a big time hoops area, town, whatever you want to call it. But obviously, fans to be determined, probably not. And it's the way it's going now. But it's just it's cool to see. It's like in a popular state for basketball. You have a bunch of options at your disposal. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely you know some good history there in regards to the sport of basketball. Um, People there are passionate. Lots of nice things. Lots of nice things with Indianapolis and basketball. Just not Hinkle Fieldhouse. You know, let us play at Indiana. I don't know. Just We'll play in a high school gym if we have to. We'll play at Indianapolis <laughs> Central. Just please not in Hinkle Fieldhouse. As historic and as cool as it would be and as great it would be to see the Big East get some love, some air time, some free advertisement, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, that avoid no. it at all costs, please, and thank you. And I, I'm assuming – obviously, they – Probably haven't thought this far out, but I'm assuming the final four, and we get that far, would be at Lucas Oil. Wasn't it originally going to be there anyway or something? Well, I, I don't know. They just said that the entire tournament will be in one location. So I guess okay. I guess that'll be, you know, if they end up do allowing it for fans, they'll probably open it up to like a big venue like that. But we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. All right. You see that other thing? That came out, apparently, according to Dan Gavitt, he said that the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee will begin its season, you know, with its normal evaluation method, but it could rely more on a quote-unquote eye test formula, depending on how many games are canceled or not canceled. What that tells me is this is a perfect (laughs) excuse to just take those mid-majors, those underdogs we all love to root for, the people with the cool mascots, the cool jerseys, the unique names, the, the schools you don't get to see every day on in the spotlight and say, sorry, but not sorry. Time to, time to get some more Power 5 guys in here because we don't feel like doing the research to see what your strength of schedule was. They're going to have a whole region with the ACC, aren't there? Uh, I can see now ACC, Big Ten. Two uh, whole regions yeah. devoted to that, and then <laughs> just throw everybody. The other 32 teams will just throw in. K- Kentucky okay. gets its pick. You get to pick whatever region you want. <laughs> Call Coach Cal. Make sure he proves. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, we're just going to have to see what that means. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, no, please. I know you guys have been, like, trying to shaft the, the little guys in recent years, but this is not an excuse to go full tilt and say we're going to go by the eye test. Yeah, that would be uh, – nothing can go wrong with that. Nothing. No. Nothing. If no. you think – if you thought in the past that the fighting over who got snubbed was bad this, this year, <laughs> oh, boy. Just saw this on my phone. I want to bring this up. Big shout out to Malik Waynes. That's Coach Waynes, the new assistant basketball coach over at St. Joe's Prep. Chris, did you ever expect this from Malik Waynes? Uh, sure. I, I mean, he was a fine basketball player. 
He kind of floated around Europe for a bit after being in the NBA for a brief cup of coffee. I, I see he's coming back home because St. Joe's Prep's in the, the Philly area, I'm assuming. Good for him. Good for him. And uh, if he does run an offense, I I'm very ha- I would be very happy if I'm the point guard in that because you'd probably be <laughs> For an extended period of time, but hey, pro, pro, uh, best of luck to him. I'm sure it's a, it's a nice big name on that coaching staff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, just thinking about it, if you're like a high school kid and you get a chance to play with a pro or someone you know from your city, that's got to be pretty sick. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, like it could Ooh. be anybody, but like a pro guy, sport you love, rep in Philly doesn't get much better than that as a high school kid. No, not at all. Not at all. So good luck to Malik Waynes. I don't know what it's looking like over there in Pennsylvania. I'm hoping that they get a basketball season. I don't know here in New York, it's a little sketch when it comes to winter high school sports. Chris, I don't know about Jersey, but I guess if they're hiring him, they must be going ahead for the season, which is great because Philly basketball, as a, mm-hmm. as a former City of Basketball Love alum, I can't lie, the high school culture, the Philadelphia like basketball culture scene around there is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, it's that time where we now dive into the schedule. This is, like we said before, this is one of our favorite times of the year because just talking about the teams, it puts us back in that mindset. You start to get hyped about the season. You start thinking about, like, oh, can this be a win? Can that be a win? Oh, this is going to be a fun matchup. I can't wait to see what XYZ player does against this system or this coach or this team. So we're going to go – I don't even know what order we're going to go in. I think let's just do – 2K Classic, because that's first. We got to we gotta talk about that first. But I don't want to okay. dive too much into it, because next week we can definitely do a full, more in-depth look for a preview show. But mm-hmm. then after that, we'll go Big Five, and then we got a couple non-con games there with Texas and Virginia. And then from there, we'll, we'll dabble in a couple of Big East teams. Sounds good. All right, Chris, 2K Classic in the bubble at Mohegan Sun. The bubble that Iona was in at Mohegan Sun seems to be deflating, but it looks like the 2K Classic is good to go, which is great. We got three other teams in there, Boston College, Baylor, and Arizona State. Now, BC, Chris, it's an old Big East foe. It's been a while. It, it has been. Last time they faced each other, and I when I looked this up, I could not believe it. The last time they faced each other was in 2006, and long-time fans, or not so long-time fans, but it's been 12. 14 years, but they faced each other in the sweet 16 that year. And that was a hell of a crazy game. You had a goaltending call by soon to be first round Nets, first round pick Sean Williams on Will Sheridan underneath the basket. And thankfully they, they counted it. It was a clear as day goaltend and that sent Villanova to the elite eight until they eventually fell to Florida. But I, I couldn't believe that was the last time they faced each other. I thought that at least one time, you know, relatively close geographically, same type of school, and they just have an old conference opponents and they just haven't faced each other. What's crazy is that, you know, it's weird to think that they actually played each other more recently in football than basketball. I remember our sophomore year mm-hmm. in 2013 uh, to open the season, they went over to Chestnut Hill to play the Eagles. We lost, but we had that really <laughs> sick fake punt that was like all over the news. We had Poppy Livers, right? No, it was uh oh well no he had the punt return against uh, Syracuse but it was uh, uh they did this like pretty sick fake punt I don't remember who did it. I think it was like Jamal right. Abdul Rahman or something like that right yeah, sick play sick play one of the greatest yeah. plays I've ever seen I do remember that but on the basketball end BC you, you can say what you will about their football team but on the basketball end 
it, it has been pretty for them. They, they were just they, – they are the ACC equivalent of DePaul. They've only appeared in the postseason once since the 12-13 season, which was our freshman year of college. And in that one postseason appearance, they lost in the first round of the NIT. So success for the Boston College Eagles has not been uh, frequent. And Villanova should take care of business here. And if they don't, it is going to be a long year. Yeah, I would think there's a nice place to start. They, they lost a couple of their best players. They do have Jay Heath, who led the team in scoring last year with 13.1 points per game. Only a sophomore, so some good potential there. They had that guy, Kai Bowman, a couple of years ago who went to the Warriors, who got drafted, actually. Um, but, yeah, right now, I mean, not too tough. I don't really want to overlook them too much, but I do agree with you, Chris, that this should be a, a comfortable win for Nova. We should move on to the finals, where we're going to take on Arizona State or Baylor to just kind of pile on BC a little bit. I saw this tweet the other day. I think it was Mid-Major Madness, our fellow SB Nation site. But they were just asking everybody on Twitter, what school isn't a mid-major but feels like one? And as you can imagine, everybody went off. There were a few, you know, a few people clowning the Big East or all these other different schools. But there were two schools that were very popular, a very popular answer for this question. And one of them was Boston College and the other one was Wake Forest. As <laughs> Which schools aren't technically mid-majors, but they definitely feel like one. And I, I can't disagree with that. Boston College definitely more so than Wake Forest. But I, that, is, that is such an on-the-nose answer. Yeah. Boston College feels like they should be in a conference with Holy Cross. Yeah, like at least Wake Forest had some history. You know, they produced some great NBA players. Not recently, but, you know, they, have, they had some guys. They had Chris hey. Paul. They had Tim Duncan. Boston College produced Jared Dudley. I don't know what you're talking about. They also, were, they also produced uh, Reggie Jackson. Ah, uh, yes. Another great yeah. one. Now we're going to like keep it moving because, like I said, we're going to go more in-depth with, with these teams for our uh, 2K Classic preview next week. But just a quick skinny. Chris, what can you tell me about Arizona State? Well, they're a program that has kind of risen through the ranks these past few years. I remember a couple of years ago they got off to a real hot start and we're like, Arizona State, when did they play basketball? Yeah, top 10. I remember top, that. That was like yeah. two or three years ago. Yeah, and when I – when, we, when I looked it up, I was like, wait a minute, that was last year, right? And it was like, no, it was like two or three years ago. That's how long it's been. But, but yeah, they, they are a good team. They're ranked 18th right now, and their entire team – no, I shouldn't say their entire team, but it, they do have one player who is pretty well-known right now, and it's Remy Martin, uh, named to the preseason All-American team, averaged 19 points a game last year. It kind of all flows through him. If, if we do get to see them, it's going to be cool to see an All-American place up against us. Uh, but – at the same time, like they're, they have a bunch of other role players that can easily beat you too. So it, it's going to be an, an interesting battle regardless of who they get in Baylor or Arizona State. I know you have a lot to say about Baylor, though. And honestly, for scheduling purposes, it would probably be better to see Baylor. Oh, yeah. And I think we're expecting Baylor just because preseason top five team, they do have a lot of guys back. They have their top three scorers back, Jared Butler, Masio T, Davion Mitchell, they don't have Freddie Gillespie, who is that big man that kind of carved us a little bit inside, you know, just a glass monster, shot blocker, 2.2 blocks per game last year, just average, almost average a double-double. He's not back, but they got some new guys in here. They have Dane Danger, a six foot nine freshman. What a name. They, they got a couple guys with some great names. We got Dane Danger, Flo Thamba. They, they have over seven-foot long wingspans. Dane Danger, the freshman from Minnesota, which slowly starting to realize as I'm starting to, like, study – recruiting or 
pay attention to it more. Minnesota is actually a hotbed for hoops. Six foot nine, two hundred seventy pound freshman, seven foot seven wingspan. I'm pretty sure you look. Mikhail's wingspan was very impressive, but I'm pretty sure that has Mikhail beat by at least <laughs> four inches. Yeah, it's 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 right in the same area code. Insane. <laughs> it's it's insane. What does that even look like? Seven foot seven wingspan. I I can't even imagine. I don't know, but that's the uh, that's more than the recommended distance. You should stay away from people. So that's how long his wingspan <laughs> is. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and then and yeah, Flo Thamba. I mean, he's got a seven foot five wingspan. That's it's crazy. <laughs> And then so, they yeah, have this other this other forward from Cameroon who has a seven foot three wingspan. This is like I can see why they started to show this off on the roster page when we we're doing the research here because <laughs> have, like you know if you can flaunt it, why not? I mean they have five different guys with seven foot long wingspans. It's insane. Yeah. Well, Jerry's gonna have a have a, a big task in front of him, assuming they go with him as I guess the pseudo center forward. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's gonna go be small. It's going to be very interesting to see, especially like I know that the dream lineup, you know, a lot of us have been saying we want to see small ball. Let's see the four guard lineup. How is that going to look against a a big lengthy team like this? It's going to be fun. I mean, I can't wait for this game. We think that this is going to be the finals meeting. Chris, Mm -hmm. I won't hold you to it. I'll let you change your mind next week. But how do you think we do at the 2K Classic? Do you think we come away first place, second place, third place? Probably not fourth. I think Nova beats BC, Baylor beats Arizona State, and then Baylor beats us. But that's as of right now. Just, you know, a lot of of ball game left. Yeah, both teams have a lot of guys back. I want to – remember when Baylor was kind of like an unknown last year? Like, oh, that's like a football school. They should be okay, but they should do fine. And we were winning for most of that game too. Nova was winning for most of that game. Kind of lost it at the end there. I want to say I hope they close it out this time. I'm going Nova Nova wins the 2K Classic, and we advance on to the Big Five. But we'll see. We'll see how I feel next week. Your mouth to God's ears. That win against Nova, though, like that kind of propelled Baylor into becoming more of a powerhouse-ish type school. In the, in the sense of last year, anyway. Like they, they really took off after that, I would say, no? Yeah, and then they proved to be legit after that. It was one of those. It was yeah. just kind of like remember how Ohio State destroyed Nova, and then yeah. we're like, okay, well, at least Ohio State's like a good team. But then they, they were caught, and then they kind of flamed out. Baylor didn't really flame out. They kept going. They kept rolling. No, they they kept rolling, and it's probably going to continue into this year, assuming we get going here. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, our bubble seems fine. I the Iona Vermont bubble did not seem fine. So it looks like we're in better shape to take over Mohegan Sun. <laughs> Oh boy. 2K Classic tips off on Thanksgiving Eve. We're going to start off against Boston College, 7 p.m. on ESPN. And then the championship game or the consolation game will be on Thanksgiving. I know what, I, I know what I'm doing that weekend. I'm still trying to sneak into the bubble. We're trying to figure that out. But, Chris, I, know, I can't wait to watch it. I mean, I've been craving hoops. We've all been craving hoops since March. So I'm excited. I definitely – I already told my, my family, like, I'm not coming. I mean, Governor Cuomo doesn't want me to come, but I will be watching Villanova basketball that day. Same here. Same here. Probably be – I don't know what football games are going on, but I know Dallas stinks this year and the Lions always stink, so who knows how those games are going to be. So <laughs> it'll probably be Villanova basketball-oriented. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a plan. Right after a 2K Classic weekend in Mohegan Sun, they'll be back home, first game at the Finn, hosting St. Joe's, our rival, Chris, 
The Hawks been dead for a few years now. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it's looking too promising for them this year. No, no. If uh, last year is any indication, it it might actually get worse than last year. You know what? I'm gonna say it, yeah. It's probably gonna get worse than last year. They finished six and twenty six last year, two and sixteen in their conference. They lost pretty much everybody for the most part. They do have Ryan Daly returning, if who if you remember correctly, porched Villanova in the last game that they played and dropped I believe he dropped thirty that game. I don't re- I don't remember the exact total, but he dropped he he got to the basket with like relative ease for like his big frame and whatnot. But he was a transfer from Delaware. He's probably going to be the leading scorer again. They do have Taylor Funk coming back from an injury. They also have Cameron Brown, who's a slasher, averaged over 10 points per game. They also picked up Demir Bishop from Xavier, four-star guy coming out of high school who transferred over. Obviously, Eugene, you saw him during your City of Basketball Love days if you want to go more into him. But the problem with St. Joe's is that they, they don't shoot well at all like they shot under 30 percent from beyond the arc last year which was 331st in the country there's 353 qualified teams in division one that is horrendous like i I, you have to it has to be better than you can't possibly get worse but it's probably going to be another long year for them and it's a shame because you know if they're good there is that whole rivalry thing that they try to drum up but unfortunately that does not seem to be the case I don't know if they can get worse than six and twenty six. I feel like that's that's really bad already. But I also, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I think five hundred might be a little far. Ryan Daly is a pretty good player. I mean, he did torch us, like you mentioned. Local guy, Archbishop Carroll came back from Delaware to move to be closer to home. Averaged over twenty points per game last year. He'll be the only threat, I think. But I will give props to Cameron Brown. Freshman last year, and I thought he ended his first year on the team very strong. Taylor Funk, we know him as a shooter. Was hurt for most of last year, but that guy could shoot the lights out, so maybe he might be able to boost that thirty under 30% from beyond the arc. But, yeah, Chris, in today's game, you got to be able to shoot threes. Seems like everybody can shoot a three from the shortest guy on the bench to your seven-foot center. He's got to learn how to stretch <laughs> the floor a little bit. Otherwise, you're just stuck in the mid-2000s. I don't think I'm not threatened here. I'm just not. I'm going to enjoy the Hawks still being dead. We'll reevaluate as we get closer, but the early returns, I'm, I'm thinking that Villanova will have a better time locking down because this was during that weird experimental phase, you know, early in the year where like the defense mm-hmm. wasn't that great. And then out of nowhere, they just flipped the switch towards the end of Noncon play. Mm-hmm. So I, I think now we're not going to see Ryan Daly drop 30 or whatever he had last year. But yeah, he did have a good game against the Cats. Yeah, that game was much closer than everyone expected to. Like, that was just uncalled for. But you did say it was an experimental time, but at the same time, you should not be in any sort of game against the 6 and 2016. But that's fine. That's fine. Chris just wants to see the Hawk not only dead, but like ran over, taken out by the trash disposal, <laughs> and then disintegrated in the incinerator. That would just be the Big Five in general, Eugene. But that's okay. <laughs> nope. All right. No. All right. In, in defense of the Big Five this year. If there ever was a time to actually, you know, utilize the Big Five to its fullest potential, it's this year. Because you obviously have everyone in relatively close proximity. No, Chris, I, I do agree. Like you said, minimizes travel. Great point. And we still get to keep that local interest, local rivalries, and it'll still 
have have a little fun, a little local flavor for that non-con schedule. So with that said, let's move on to Temple. Right after we play St. Joe's, we'll take a couple days break, back at it again at the Pavilion. Chris, Temple Owls, mm-hmm. what's the rundown on them? They finished 14-17, and 17, better than – yeah, better than St. Joe's, mm-hmm. but still not that great. But they did play tough a couple games. Yes, they they ended up beating Wichita State, who was ranked 16th at the time last year, and they also beat. Uh, they did not beat number five Maryland, but they did play them close though in a hard fought game. But you take those two games and then you turn it around, and you lose the Penn, which I guess is just the definition of a mediocre to bad team. But. Hey, we, lost a, we lost a pen one time. We lost a pen yeah, one yes. time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Remember the glory days of 1819. I, 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 I would take a lost a pen if it meant we got out of this. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I had mentioned earlier that St. Joe's lost everybody. I lied. The Temple lost everybody. Quentin Rose, a name who I thought we've been mentioning, I think, every year on this podcast, gone. Nate Pierre-Louis left to go pro. Sure. Uh, his brother Josh, Josh Pierre Louis, transferred. Alani Moore the second graduated. James Scott transferred. There's l- nobody left. And, and if maybe I, I could be reading the roster wrong, but the, any player that's coming back with, that played significant minutes last year is senior forward JP Mormon, and he averaged just under six points per game and about five assists per game. So at least he can dish. And they also have an Indiana transfer coming in and, and Jake Forrester. So. I don't know if they have any big-time freshmen coming in. Eugene, maybe you can shed some light on that. But, my God, they lost a lot of scoring and a lot of minutes, and someone's going to have to eat that up, and I don't know who. Yeah, I can't say they had a crazy recruiting class, but they did pick up a freshman class with four new guys. Nothing too crazy. All three-star guys, one two-star guy, Jeremiah Williams. So it's looking like this might be a little rough for the Owls. So you're telling me I shouldn't be too worried about Temple. Is that what you're telling me? No, no, not at all. And if Colin Gillespie has any sort of game like he did last year where he dropped 29 against the Owls in that random mid-Big East conference schedule non-con game that they always seem to throw in every year, that they should have no problem. Oh, yeah, the uh, the late trickler in, in Big East play, that yep. one lingering <laughs> Big Five game that they had scheduled in, like, February. <laughs> yep, it was, like, the dog days of February right there. and They're just like, oh, yeah, here's Temple. We'll break up the Big East for you. I was like, oh, thanks. Colin Gillespie had a day. Drop 29, hit 7-11 from deep. Always open. A premier, yeah, premier performance. So, Chris, pencil in a Temple dub? Or when it, or, well, not Temple dub, but like we beat. We will win versus Temple. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Got to be careful um, of how I say things. Otherwise, it will be quoted used <laughs> against me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, they should win both of those big five games. And this next one, it's not yet on the schedule, but both sides are in talks to play, and they're just finalizing a new date. They originally had this date set, but then once the Big East schedule was made, it, there was a scheduling conflict, and the Big East basically said, who's more important, us or them? And we're not <laughs> budging, so you better figure this out. So the on the bright side, we do know Ashley Howard at LaSalle, so you know I'm sure he understood and right now, both sides are working on rescheduling. I'm just hyped to see Ashley Howard. I mean, glad to see him enjoy an improved 15-15 year last year after going 10-21 and 21 in his first year. Improvement, always positive thing to see. Nice step forward. I hope we can work this game out just because it'll be nice to have another non-con game there and, you know, another big five opponent. 
we'll see what happens with this game. But I just want to throw this in there right now because just keep an eye out for it. It's kind of like the Texas game when that one was a little behind on the rescheduling department. Right now, LaSalle, I think, is the last non-con game that we're waiting for. Yeah, no, it'd be cool to see Ashley Howard back, see an improving LaSalle team. And LaSalle always gives us sort of a game, at least the past few years. No more Pookie Powell, but they, they always seem to give Nova a little bit of a run for their money. So well, last year be... was, was Justin Moore's big game. He had a big game against LaSalle. I remember that. He did. He First did. day he got benched, and then he just went off as six-man. <laughs> So keep an eye out for this LaSalle game. It's it's in the works. Hope it happens. I know Jay Wright's trying to make it happen. LaSalle's trying to make it happen. So we'll see what happens there. But after that, we got two non-con games left, and they're kind of the heavyweights, I'd say. Outside of the 2K Classic, this is when we start talking about some big boys. First off, it'll be on December 6th in Texas, going all the way to Austin. No Gavit games this year, but we are debuting the Big East Big 12 Challenge against the Texas Longhorns. Chris, how excited are you for this series? Super excited. So, because I want revenge. Because, Eugene, back in 2000, in the 2009 regular season, the 08-09 regular season, Villanova faced off against Texas. Villanova was ranked 15th at the time. Texas was 6th. They played at MSG. And a young high school me <laughs> was uh, very upset at the fact that Villanova was not able to defeat, able to defeat that Texas team. They lost 67-58. Uh, to 58. As, as well as that year turned out for Villanova. Yeah, 2009 was a great year. Great year. Fantastic year. Uh, some, some magic in at MSG later on that year, too. But that, that game, for some reason, aggravated me a little bit. Uh, so I, I would like some revenge. It would be nice to get some closure. I know they beat Kevin Durant, I think it was two years before, in the uh, 06-07 season. They have a little bit of a history. And I know there was another game a year or two before the, the Durant one. And I think Texas pulled away in that one, too. So hopefully Nova can even this all-time series up. Yeah, it should be a fun one. I know, Chris, you were telling me how you're a little bit nervous, though, about it being in Texas. Chris Chris, Chris wants <laughs> Jeremiah Robinson Earl in a bubble. Colin Gillespie wrapped up. Every, all the PPE for the team. Everybody protected head to toe unless they got to play on the basketball court. <laughs> yeah. If, if this game does happen and it is in Texas – and they have to go to Texas to play this game, do not let them leave the room. Please, do not. I know, I know they had a COVID thing go through the entire team already, but just don't risk it, please. <laughs> Keep them away from everybody. And I'm not saying that because I want them locked in their rooms doing nothing, staring at their phones all day. I, I, I'm, I'm looking out for their best interests. Yeah, Chris wants only new basketballs only. Like He wants to see the referee take off the cardboard. <laughs> the Spalding cardboard and hand the ball over after every possession or whenever they need to switch the balls. <laughs> that's, that's the only way I'll be okay with this game, Eugene. Do you think that, do you think they end up going to Texas if this game happens or do you think they try and work on a neutral site here? Oh no, it's already happened. Like it's, it's locked happened. in for Texas. It is. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, just protect uh, everyone at all costs. After Thanksgiving too. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, oh, no. I'm making Chris nervous. I, it's no. Chris's face just sank. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Let's just uh, – okay, so on Texas, they do have a great defense, Chris. They do, and that's uh, that's because their coach is Shaka Smart. And if we remember anything from his VCU days, it was all It's all about the defense, yeah. All Havoc. about the defense. Havoc, grindhouse type stuff. Yes. Yeah. While I think he retired the Havoc term and all that, they are still a pretty good defensive team. And they do have a couple of good guys left, like Matt Coleman, the third, leading the way with just over 12 points per game. 
and over three assists per game. Led the team in both those statistics. Shot just under 40% from deep. Solid guy. And then they got Jericho Sims, who was their leading rebounder, board eater, glass monster. Now, they finished in 19-12 last year. But as we know, the Big 12 Conference is pretty tough. They did have a big week, though, where they did knock off West Virginia and Texas Tech in the same week, which was pretty huge for them. I know Texas isn't exactly Kansas, or, you know, it's not like the top of the Big 12. But you can never discount Shaka Smart and a strong defense. Havoc. Even though it's not called Havoc anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. And, and just for – and we, we're not overhyping the defense either. Like last year they were number 24 in adju- adjusted defense. Uh, for those one, for those looking for a comparable, it was Seton Hall. And Seton Hall was pretty good last year at the whole defensive thing. So they will win with their defense. And right now, I, I don't know how Ken Palm does it, but he's got them at number nine overall. And I believe it's third in defense. So they are going to be a tough task, especially on the road. Now, we really haven't mentioned this yet, but obviously probably won't be any fans there, at least not enough to make a difference, I would think. I wonder if, if this whole home court going on the road thing is going to play into this. Because in a regular year, I might actually have this chalked up as a, as a loss, and I wouldn't think twice about it. But I think maybe since it's – yes, it's on the road, but like with no fans, I guess it's kind of like a neutral court thing. So I don't know if that's really going to affect anything. It's kind of like watching a scary movie with the lights on during the day versus watching it at <laughs> nighttime with headphones on at nighttime. Great analogy. Great analogy. Yeah, it's, it's – it's you know it's still scary, but you have uh, you have your blanket with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's daytime and uh, yeah. I think Nova should win this one. I, I am feeling pretty good about this one. But if you ask me about the next game, this is when we start to hit some tricky territory. Now after Texas, they're gonna have a couple of Big East games, and that's fine. But then they're gonna finally finish their non-conference games in Madison Square Garden, which I'm not exactly sure why. They're going to pay for rent there if there can't be any fans. But, hey, it's at MSG. I'm not going to complain. I'm definitely going to try to sneak down there. But they're going to be taking on UVA. It's a standalone non-conference game. I know that we had that home-and-home series in 2016 and 17. But this is just a nice standalone. I guess you can call it like an unofficial tiebreaker. But I don't think anyone from those teams are still around. But, Chris, Virginia Mm. game. I was so excited when this came out. Kind of a bummer that we won't be able to go there live. But, hey, you know – Got to do what you got to do in these COVID times. What can you tell me about UVA? What can we expect? All I know is we can expect defense. I mean, that's not that's, – but that goes without saying. Yeah. What can we expect from Tony Bennett and the Wahoos? Yeah, pretty, pretty much more of the same, I would say. But just to kind of recap their year last year, which was pretty crazy, because if you told me back in – I believe it was December, they, they ended up losing to NC State, or pals at NC State, mind you. That dropped them to 12-6 and six and 4-4 four and four in the conference. They were unranked. Everyone was writing them off. And honestly, I, I thought Virginia was done. I'm like, oh, wow, they won the title the year before. They got their win, and they lost a lot of talent. But, hey, you know, they had a good run, right? They were one of the best teams in the country the year before. Uh, the year before they won the title, despite losing to UMBC. Fantastic squad for the past few years. But then after that loss, they didn't lose the rest of the year with the exception of one game. They finished 23-7. and seven. 15-5 and five in the conference, shot all the way up to number two in the ACC, tied with Louisville and Duke. Their only loss was to Louisville, but they also beat Louisville in that, in that stretch. They also beat Duke, who is a highly ranked team, and Florida State, who ended up winning the ACC outright. So 
they turned it around on a, on a dime. And it's, it's pretty remarkable. And I think it speaks a lot to coaching of Tony Bennett. I feel like he's kind of the Jay Wright of the ACC where he, you know, he wins a lot, but he doesn't have as much tournament success as you would like him to, despite having the titles. I, I have heard that I, I, comparison a bunch of times. I think, I don't yeah. know if him winning the title now changes that, but I think a lot of people just compare him just because, I don't know, kind of the they same. Dr- well they both dress nice. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> well-dressed guys, they look good on yeah. camera. They, they right. kind of preach similar values. So, you know, I think that's kind of where that where that's coming from. So, despite how well Ben addresses, he will have some returning guys who uh, picked up a lot of slack last year for him. You got Kihei Clark and Jay Huff are returning. You got Jabri Abdur-Rahim, who Nova fans should know, I would say. Right, Eugene? He yeah. trimmed down his list to UVA and Nova, and then obviously he went to UVA. And Sam Hauser makes his return <laughs> to the basketball court this year. Just when you thought you saw the last of him. Yep. <laughs> him and his brother are gone forever. Nope, nope, they're still hanging around. In a surprising transfer, I would say, that both Hauser brothers transferring was pretty wild. Yeah. We really thought they were going to stay. Marquette was going to be one of Nova's like big competitors last year, and obviously that just wasn't the case. I think his brother went to Michigan State, and then yep. Sam obviously went to UVA. And he's a big-time sharpshooter. So between those, uh, those four guys, it's a lot of talent. Yeah, and whatever new guys they plug in to replace yeah. the guys they graduated, which, you know, in that defensive system, I, <laughs> oh, man, that's like probably plug and, <laughs> plug and play right there. I don't know if they're going to be off yeah. to as slow of a start as they were last year. I think they'll they'll definitely do better than that. But I do remember that, Chris. It was very shocking. A lot of people were trolling them online. A couple of our friends are at Streaking the Lawn, the UVA, SB Nation site. They were – it was literally like a dumpster fire on social media. And then once they started playing for real again, it was like, Oh, okay. This, UVA's here. Just a little, just a little late to the party, but they're here. They're here. It's going to be, it's going to be a tough game. I don't know. I'm really shaky about this one. I think right now, I think Nova loses, but it's definitely going to be a grinded out game. It's not going to be easy. Both games were like, so, so close. That's that Dante, even Chesel tip in. You were there. You were there. I was there. It was one of my favorite games I've ever been to. It's it was that place was rocking from the get go, and UVA showed up with a lot of fans too, and that that probably added to the intensity. I I don't know how you pick against Nova in MSG. I'm shocked. <laughs> Se- I'm second shocked. home, second home. It is it is a second home. Third home technically actually. And the uh, NCAA has been trying to make Nova UVA happen for like years. I mean, outside of like the two appearances, like at MSG, like I I'm pretty sure the last two times that MSG was a potential destination for the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, both teams lost, or one of those teams lost to prevent it from happening. So we'll finally get to see it, albeit in the regular season, but we'll be here. Yeah, so you're going with a win for Nova. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they win that. Interesting, interesting. All right, so as promised, we're going to take a couple looks at Big East teams. Since dates aren't fully locked in, it's a little weird this year how we've only got the schedule through December. So we're just going to kind of do like a, you know, how do you think the season series split is going to go? We're going to start from the bottom of the Big East preseason poll, which Chris surprisingly is not DePaul this year. It's actually the Georgetown Hoyas. Mm -hmm. A little crazy, but Chris, this Georgetown team, they lost a lot. It's like a completely new team. Insane about what happened because they started off so promising last year and then it all just went downhill shortly after Thanksgiving. Yeah, it did with the whole scandal and whatnot. I mean, imagine telling a Georgetown fan 
after their hot start last year, all the promise and all the buildup they had, even like the year before when, you know, maybe they didn't have a complete team, but at least they showed some, they had some promising prospects. And then you tell them that you're going to be picked last in the Big East in the preseason poll. Uh, talk about a fall, a quick fall from grace. I mean, me and you were both hyping them up last year, saying that they were going to be, yeah. they were going to be like Nova's biggest competitor for the next few years. If you had to pick one team, it was them. They're starting five from their opening game last year. Mac McClung, he transferred to Texas Tech. Omer Yurtsevin, he left early to go pro, and he's playing currently in his home country of Turkey. James Akinjo uh, left the team and went went to Arizona. Jagan Mosley. He graduated, and then fifth, Jamarco Pickett. He's still on the team, and he's a senior. So they lost a lot of talent. Not to mention you lost Josh LeBlanc to LSU, and Terrell Allen graduated. You have so much – it's kind of like Temple, where they just lost so much talent. And now, granted, some of the, some of the players they lost last uh, were from last year for Georgetown. It's going to be tough to overcome that. Yeah, they lost way too much, way too much talent, too. And we saw what happened after they left – Props to Patrick Ewing. I thought, you know, he kind of kept the ship going as best as he could, but it was definitely not easy. Their record took a big hit. That promising start to the season didn't look so great. Lots of internal turmoil. You had recruits decommitting. Oh, my God, it was it was rough. Now, they do bring back, like you said, Pickett and Javon Blair. Those guys will probably be their core guys. And then they do have Cutis Wahab, who showed some flashes last year and some limited action when Yurtsevin was in foul trouble, big boy. I'm not too threatened by Georgetown. This is definitely going to be a sort of rebuilding year as they kind of pick the pieces together, work on recruiting, try to replace that big four-star decommit that they had. Tough one for Patrick Ewing, but this is going to be a very critical year for him and the Hoyas. Unfortunately for them, or, well, fortunately for us, this should be a sweep. It should be, unless we get a – clunker like last year remember the game at georgetown i think it was oh yeah the season finale regular season finale oh, regular like season one of the finale, last yeah. couple games yeah where sadiq bay bailed us out <laughs> sadiq bailed sadiq bay bailed us out and jermaine samuels bailed us out with a clutch and one at the end oh um, georgetown like fans still think it's rigged georgetown oh fans yeah still say it's rigged. that was good times back when uh georgetown fans complaining if a game was rigged or not was our biggest problem in the world <laughs> <laughs> good times take me back but that, during that game, Georgetown was so shorthanded that four-fifths of their starting lineup played the entire game. And then the other guy that – I forget who it was – that didn't play the entire game was only out for 10 minutes. It was a wild game. The fact that Georgetown was even in it was like big, big props to Ewing for keeping them competitive in that. Yeah, yeah. I remember Bay had some clutch baskets towards the end, and then Jermaine Samuels came through. Oh, it was a good finish, but, yeah, ugly game other than that. The last – Five to ten minutes were very exciting, though. Mm-hmm. So, after Georgetown, let's take a look up at DePaul, who is now second to last on according to the preseason poll. This is a team that's probably a year or two away, which is insane to think that DePaul will actually be a year or two away. Well, I guess it depends on whether or not Dave Lato can put it together. But they, mm-hmm. their recruiting class right now, like I know we're hyping up this 2021 class that's going to be coming in next year, but they're doing just as good. They're just a yeah, few slots are. behind on the national recruiting rankings. Like, they got a ton of four-star guys. That's definitely give them a boost. But right now, it's just kind of like when you have a boat, there's too many holes in the boat, and they're just trying to cover it with duct tape and just <laughs> float on until they can get to land, and then the big boy recruits come in, and then they fix the ship. 
Chris, this is like Transfer City right now. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. They have like six or seven new transfers. And a lot of guys left too. So it's literally transfer, transfer, transfer. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how they're bringing in so much talent over the next two years between the transfers and the, the big-time recruiting class they got coming in. It's it's pretty wild. You, you don't really see this with DePaul. You, you just, <laughs> these guys just kind of show up. You're like, oh, yeah, this guy's good. Like Max Struess, remember him? He was just like, oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's a good player. He's on the team now. But you don't really hear about a lot of hype with them. But looks like the hype train's coming. And, uh, everyone better prepare for it. In a couple this years. Year, in a couple, yeah. In a couple, couple years. Couple yeah, years. Couple so this years. year, this year, you, you, we might take it easy a yeah. little bit. Patch up job with like four different grad transfers. <laughs> oh, what's it looking like? Yeah. So they do have Charlie Moore returning, who had a pretty good game against, pretty good couple of games against Villanova, I believe, last year. Specifically, the one at Nova, he played pretty well. He returns, even though he declared for the draft. He just said he was coming back. His his running mate, though Paul Reed, also declared it, but is not returning. And I believe in a couple of mock drafts, he's going second round. So you know, good for him. Props to him. We also got senior big boy Jalen Butts returning, who's average who averaged about ten points a game last year. Also five and a half boards. They also got sophomore forward Romeo Weems. He's only a sophomore. I could have sworn he was much older than that, but he's he showed a lot of promise last year, and he can shoot from deep. He's about a 38% shooter. So between those three guys, between the transfers, they got the patchwork is a very good term for this team. They could make some noise for sure. This I don't think I don't view them as like the classic punching bag, classic DePaul punching bag. I think they're better than what we've seen in the past, but they're certainly not the cream of the crop yet. Yeah, it's tough just because, you know, with the limited offseason, I don't know if they're going to be able to get all those different grad transfers to jive right away. So I think it might be rough out of the gate. But I do agree that they'll probably be more competitive than they were last year. Just not threatened yet. Check back in a couple years, especially if they can actually put these pieces together, you know, four different four-star recruits and make them into something. But this year's DePaul team, not threatened they haven't beaten Nova since 2008. Crazy. I know there were a couple of close calls in recent years, but I think Nova should sweep this one just fine. Yeah, Nova in a sweep for sure. And we'll keep the keep the streak going. And our last team that we want to preview today, we're going to get the rest of the Big East next time, but we got St. John's. And Mike Anderson's back for round two. It's an interesting team. At first, it looked like they were going to have a great year. Awesome showing in non-con play where they went 11-2, beat West Virginia and Arizona, and Chimor- no Shimori Pond. So it wasn't like, oh, they had one guy just kind of booing them and carrying them the whole way like they did a couple years ago. And it wasn't really a cushy non-con schedule. They did beat West Virginia and Arizona, which was pretty solid. Then they went into the Big East play where it all fell apart, and it was kind of the same old song and dance that we've seen the last couple years. They went 5-13 and 13 the rest of the way to finish 17-15 and 15 overall. And they could not close out a game for the life of them. Chris, the St. John's team, no more LJ Figueroa. He transferred, left. He's at Oregon now. couple guys left. Julian Champagne comes to mind. Rasheem Dunn. Solid New York City recruits. I like Posh Alexander a lot. He's someone that I've seen grow over the last couple of years on the New York City scene. But I just don't know. It's like It's kind of like DePaul, just not yet. Mike Anderson, though, I think he's doing what he can, but this one might be a little tough without LJ Figueroa, without that, like, go-to star to bail them out. Yeah, that's kind of been, like, the MO for St. John's over the past few years. They've always had that guy that they can just kind of lean upon and just be like, hey, like, help us win a few games more than what we should. 
and they're probably not going to have it this year. I really, I really don't know what to expect from them. Like you kind of get a Georgetown vibe in the sense of like a lot of missed out potential. They had some, remember like two years ago, three years ago, we were hyping them up too. We're like, Oh my God, this team might actually turn the corner. Like they, Chris Mullen's doing a great job. And then Mullen gets canned because they flamed out. And like you said, it's the same old song and dance year in and year out for these guys. It's a shame too, because just like Georgetown, like I said, like they had so much potential there with all these guys coming in, a lot of talent, and they just weren't able to piece it together. I, I foresee another sweep, most likely, barring something crazy. I mean, we were at the – I think we were at the last loss when Villanova played St. John's a couple of years ago at the Garden. But Yeah, where they just collapsed in the second half. <laughs> that was the that was uh, depressing. classic 18-19 second half collapse with a yeah. half-court shot thrown in there as well. <laughs> Remember that? But Yeah, of course. I, I don't see St. John's really making much noise. Yeah, this one's interesting. I, I don't think St. John's going to be a threat yet, but it does look like Mike Anderson's starting to take some positive strides, whether it's you know starting to get those key recruits in your backyard in New York City, letting, making them stay rather than going elsewhere, going to greener pastures or bigger schools. So I think that's definitely nice. You never want to get beat in your own backyard. Posh Alexander is a great recruit right there, four-star guy. It sounds like he's going to get a lot on his plate early. Just a dynamic slasher scorer, tough, hard-nosed kid. But right now, just not enough yet for St. John's to, to make me shake a little bit. Just not yet. No, a couple not years, yet. maybe. Right. But I, I do like what Mike Anderson is doing. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good coach. And he's starting to use – I saw that he's starting to use some of his old connections down in Arkansas. He's been recruiting there too big. So we'll see what he does. But it's year two. Unfortunately, in New York, they're not really too patient when it comes to their sports or when it comes to giving coaches chances. But I think that this will be a it'll be a positive year, or it'll be a positive step, and it will take some right strides. But just not not enough yet to threaten Nova, and not enough to like enter that top four Big East conversation. So you say sweep as well? Yeah. Oh yeah, sweep. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, that's it for our preview for today. We're gonna look at the rest of the Big East teams next time. Chris, we've ran over an hour, or I think we're close to an hour. Do you want to save? Now, I, I tweeted, when I tweeted out, I said, we'll either save it for next time, if we if we run a little later than we thought we would, which we did, but <laughs> I leave it up to you. I mean, you know, I'm down to answer some questions. We could save, we could do some now, save some later, whatever you want to do, Chris. I'm all for it. A little more content, a little bit of a longer episode. That's fine. I'll go with it. All right, great. Let's let's get it. Let's get it. Let's uh, let's let's open the mailbag. As always, you can tweet us at s o n n pod. Leave a question in the comment section on a view hoops post, or DM us. However, you want to get the questions over to us. We'll do a couple right now. We'll get the rest later. First one is from Fred Rung. Do you two actually feel we're gonna be a deep team, or will we again be fooled by our preseason hype on depth? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> love that last line. Oh, we I, love it. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Fred. Fred. Fred's always good for that. Uh, wow. You know, it's interesting because I'm sure you saw it by now, but we have a couple injuries. I mean, we had, what, Brian Antoine is hurt again, his shoulder. Like I mm-hmm. said, I, I can relate with the guy. My shoulder is still not good. Five years later, torn labrum. Mm-mm. Hopefully he, he gets back onto the court soon. Justin Moore had a back injury, and he just got back recently. Colin Gillespie me- missed six to eight weeks with a hamstring, and he's just starting up again. I think we're going to be deep. I don't think that's going to be overhyped. However, I think the rotation is definitely going to be – it's still going to be eight to nine, just how Jay likes it. Yeah. I, to Fred's question, 
I will say, even though I verbatim said that I do think this will be an 11 deep team last episode, <laughs> I part of me does wonder if there's there is a difference between 11 rolling 11 guys and like having 11 good guys out there. I, I think the depth will be tested initially just because of the injuries, as you mentioned, but also just to see how everyone gels together. And, and Chris Lane talked about it and put it much more eloquently than I ever will. So I think it'll be tested at first. I think as the season goes on, assuming we have a full season and all that, all that jazz, I think everyone will start to catch on. We'll find our eight to nine guys, roll with it, and everything will be fine. Do I think there's a little bit of overhype? Yes, but that's just me being a pessimistic person. Well, I, I think the overhype, I think the overhype might just be from you know we're banking on the post redshirt year guys to go off right away. Or not go off right away, but you know what I mean? Like, be immediate contributors. Right. Like, Eric right. Dixon, Caleb mm-hmm. Daniels, you know, if he's anything like he was at Tulane, now he won't have to do carry the workload for 11 guys. You know, he can do his part and just specialize in his role. And then you have Brian Antoine, who, you know, he's hurt right now, but we're expecting, like, a bounce back here. So, I guess if all the pieces fall into place and kind of match up, you know, and everyone takes a big step forward, then, I, you know, I can see, I can see some nice things. I don't know if overhype is the right word, but I, I think it in a way it's like we're, we might be getting slightly ahead of ourselves in the sense that we haven't had any preseason scrimmages, like there's no exhibition mm-hmm. games, limited off season, but we're just assuming, I guess, by default that these guys are going to, you know, everyone's going to take a step forward, which right. is going to be great. I would love that. Yeah, I mean, and recent history suggests that you should expect these guys to t- take a step forward. I mean, can you name a guy that like really just went out there and was like completely flat? I, I would say at least our, during our college years, there was always, they always seem to take a step forward guys that we ever had a question about maybe a little bit more. So recently where like Javon kind of fell flat on his face, uh, Joe Cremo was a complete bust as a transfer. Those are like two guys out of a whole bunch that have made leaps and bounds after year one. So I, I'm, I, I understand. I kind of agree with you on that. That we do are expecting a lot from guys that we don't, we haven't even seen play a game yet. But at the same time, I, I feel like it, it's kind of reasonable to expect it. Yeah, it's like I don't know if. See, the thing is, like I don't know if overhype's the right word, but I, I guess like the expectations are definitely high just because we have everybody back plus experienced players. Like, there's no freshman to break in in a shortened season. We have guys who have all been in the system for a year. I guess like we're, I guess it all comes down to we're really expecting these guys to come out hot out of the gate. See now now I have Fred over here, you know, making me overthink what I, what I was like hyping up or getting hyped for last week. But uh, no, I think the I think the hype is real. But I guess maybe we might have to just be a little more realistic. Like did did Fred just like kind of like talk me down a little bit? Like I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's for good measure, Eugene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe maybe I was getting ahead of myself when I said uh, <laughs> platoon swaps. <laughs> <laughs> on the fly five-man shift like hockey style yeah yeah i mean jay would never but yeah no uh, i think an eight to eight to nine man rotation even though you know we talked about all these things that we wanted to see yeah mm-hmm. i guess in a way i don't think we're gonna be fooled by our preseason hype but i guess we, we might have to keep it in check a little bit i think it's legit i think our depth is legit it's just a matter of if these guys can contribute right away which if they do we are set we're set we're set big time big time yeah and next question is from shanice 
Question, when will Trevor Keels announce that he's going to Nova? Is that an inside scoop or is that like a, a question? Oh, man. I, all I know is it's, it's got to be it's got to be soon. There's no way. Chris is like, I, I don't care about recruiting. Just let me know. Just let me know when he's in. <laughs> let me know when he's in and we, we'll talk about him ad nauseum. But right now, who knows? What's funny is, uh, Chris, you were the one who broke me the news about Jalen Brunson. I remember that. It was like a random afternoon in Falvey mm. Library. And you were like, did yeah. you see we got Jalen Brunson? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Little did we know what he'd become. It's funny how those things work. Yeah, yeah. No, that was, uh, that was, that was a big day. It's funny because, you know, as a guy who's not really keen on recruiting, you're the one who told me about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, him yeah, and- we got Jalen. Um, I, yeah, see, that's, no, that's me. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say maybe that, that's why I kind of like stay away from it because then I get pleasantly surprised when I see <laughs> a guy recruit. And I'm, I look him up. I do a quick ESPN search. I'm like, oh, he's top 15. Cool. <laughs> I will say that is the downside about recruiting because then when you hear a guy is like, oh, Nova's included in his final five. And then you start to like get too hyped on this guy and then he picks one of the other schools and it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, that, that happened to me with Tyreek Evans. And ever since then, I've been – <laughs> oh myself never again never again i'm paying high, attention high school chris underclassman mm-hmm. chris following tyreek evans his final three were memphis nova and texas so adding to the texas hatred he uh and then he chose memphis and i'm like why why would you go to that school all the school oh and then i and then later on as i matured as a basketball <laughs> fan i realized john calipari was there and i was like ah he's not there to play school no 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 <laughs> Oh, my naive brain. Good times, yeah, though. It's crazy how uh, so much opens up when you get older. Um, but, no, <laughs> to, to answer uh, Shanice's question, um, I really hope it's soon. And I really hope that means that you're – are you breaking the news? Like, if you're breaking the news or if you know something, slide to my DMs. Let me know. Yeah, I think I think that's it for now, Chris. We definitely ran a little bit over. But, hey, it's always exciting when we start talking about teams like – I didn't expect us to get – no, actually, there was a part of me that got – I did expect us to get carried away just because it's yeah. been such a long time. And it's good to talk about all these different teams and get acclimated and get a little preview of what's, what's to come. Right. And with a shortened non-con schedule, it, you know, you got a lot of heavy hitters in there too. It's not, we're not throwing out, you know, despite losing to them a couple of years ago, fir, the Furmans of the world, so to speak, for an example. We're not highlighting them. It's a lot more it's, – it's a little easier to get excited about seeing yeah. Texas, Arizona State, Baylor, Virginia, all on the schedule. Back, boom, 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 pretty right off the bat. Yeah, no, so. no Fairley Dickinsons, no, mm, right. you know, Lafayettes, mm-hmm. no Bucknells. Wasn't Howard supposed to be a thing? Yeah, but that, see, that could have been fun, though, because they had Makers. Oh, yeah, because they got, the, they got yeah. Makers, yeah. So next time we're going to dive into the rest of the Big East Conference. Seven teams left, three down, seven left. Until then, hope you all have a good couple of days. Keep an eye out on that NBA draft. We're definitely rooting for Sadiq Bay there. And also, please, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the pod. Look for View Hoops or State of the Nova Nation. You can follow us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone, Google Play. We got a few other ones. I, I was like looking at the data and the analytics. I was like, oh, wow, I never heard of this 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 platform before. Okay, yeah, we're all Podbean. Yeah, Podbean. Yeah, yeah take, we're all take about it. Podbean. Yeah, we'll take we'll, it. We'll take it. But yeah, I mean, you got many different ways to find us and access us. So please go for it. Follow, bookmark the website, viewhoops.com. Follow us on our social medias at viewhoops. That's good for 
Instagram, and Twitter. Like our page on Facebook. You can follow me, Eugene Repay, at Repay 5 I'm Chris Stanzio. I've got nothing to promote. Follow the pod, follow View Hoops, and stay safe, everybody. Nova Nation, have a good one. Catch you Thursday. Let's go, Sadiq Bay. Let's make that bread. And we'll catch you all on the flip side. Adios.